everybody. Welcome to uh, Here's the Deal with Rick Countryman. I'm excited that you're, uh, you're tuning in and uh, watching live on the broadcast. Maybe you're listening to the podcast. And as I say every week, without you watching or listening, there's no point in me doing this. So thank you very much. Um, if you are watching, make sure that when you're done, hit share, get this out there. I'd love, I always like to hear the comments. You can email me, or you can text me, you can phone, give me a phone call. If you see me at a grocery store or walking around town, tell me what you're thinking, what's going on, maybe a topic you want me to speak on. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, um, make sure you, you give a rating and a five star rating and then leave a, a comment. And that helps get the podcast out there, believe it or not. The more ratings you have and comments on the podcast. And all you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts. It's usually a little purple thing on your phone. You hit that, type in, here's the deal on the search bar with Rick Countryman. It pops up, hit follow, and it's done. And every time one of these drops, it just shows up on, on your phone. And you can listen to them at any time. So... I told you a couple weeks ago I was going to start a new little series where I was going to have different senior pastors or pastors or, or Christian leaders in our community on the, um, on the broadcast or the podcast. And today uh, I have uh, not just a, a pastor, a senior pastor of a church in our town, but also somebody that I would consider a friend, a good friend. We fellowship together. He's been to my home many times hanging out and stuff. And, uh, and so I'm going to have my friend, Phil, Phil Baker, come on over here and let's see if we can both get in this, this shot together. I got to try to grow a beard like, like him, man. I'm telling you, he looks good. Phil is the senior pastor at Redemption Hill Church, which is on McHenry Avenue. And I'll tell you, if you're out there watching this right now and you don't have a home church, you, for whatever reason, I, I don't know what the reason would be. I want you to know something. You need to go Sunday mornings to Redemption Hill on McHenry Avenue. Just Google it, and you got to check it out. I'm telling you, it's a great church. Phil's a great preacher, and um, you need to find a church anyway. Look at it. Want to start right here with Phil? So uh, the topic is, and I don't know what he's going to say. Literally, we've been sitting around. Well, that and... makes two of us. <laughs> yeah, we've been sitting around in my living room just yeah. talking about other stuff. And um, the, the, the question that I asked him to come and share with is, from his perspective, what's something that the church, okay, not necessarily his church, but the church, the universal church, all, all of believers, what's something that, that he sees that we're facing, a big issue that the church, Christians, the called out ones, what, what is the, the, the bride of Christ? What, what is the thing that we need to be concerned about right now that's happening in, in our culture here? And so, Phil, I'm going to hear it along with everybody else. What, what, what's something you see? Well, uh, what don't we see these days as pastors? And uh, I think that probably the way that we need to address it would be you know what what is an issue that we would be dealing with? what 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 constitutes an issue uh what poses a threat and uh, i think that uh anyone with any knowledge of church history knows that uh 
the big threats have always come from within. Mm-hmm. They're always from within the church, not from the outside of the church. Now, that's not to say that there aren't forces and governments and folks out there that, uh, that persecute Christians or persecute the church, but the, the, the real concerns, I think, for a pastor like me or you or like any pastor are the threats that come from within. So, um, church history, briefly, you know, in the first century you had docetism, which is a denial of Jesus' physical body. Uh, he's some sort of emanation or something. The second century you've got Gnosticism, it's a special knowledge that only certain people have, and uh, it denies the importance of physical matter and emphasizes the importance of things that are spiritual, which of course led to all sorts of immorality. Uh, third, third and fourth century, you had Arianism, uh, and these are all things that came within the church. You had Arianism, a denial of the deity of Jesus Christ. Uh, fourth and fifth century, you had uh, Pelagianism, a denial of original sin. Uh, men and women, people in general, are, are generally good and capable. And then uh, toward the, I'd say that's probably around the 5th century, toward the end of the 5th century, you had another variation of that called semi-Pelagianism, which was like Pelagianism, but it did put an emphasis on the grace of God as being necessary for salvation. It just didn't go far enough. Uh, now you can kind of fast forward to roughly the 16th century, during the time of the Reformation, and uh, you had the, uh, what we call Arminianism. And Arminianism is uh, the basic view that salvation isn't for anyone in particular. It's just kind of there, and it's up to men to embrace it. And if they embrace it, they're saved. If they don't, they're not. And uh, so you had Arminianism. And, and then following that, um, probably, yeah, still around the, probably around the early 17th century, you had a, another one that arose in the church called Antinomianism. Antinomianism is the idea that you know the law of God does not apply to believers. We're saved by grace. We don't have to pay any attention to that. So the gospel becomes a license for sin. Uh, now you fast forward to our day, and you still see Arminianism, and you still see antinomianism a lot. As a pastor, I see it in, 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 con- in congregations that I've served over at Big Valley with, with students and even in our own congregation. And so, uh, But the point being that the threats and the difficulties always arise from within. They always come from within. And, and just thinking of maybe Arminianism, and, and I'm, not, I'm not here to call this person an Arminian or that church an Arminian. What, the basic idea uh, that Arminianism, it's so prevalent, it's more prevalent and popular today than it was during the onset of the Reformation. It's the widespread belief. It's this current soteriology. Soteriology is... Uh, the science of how God saves, the understanding of how God saves. And Arminian soteriology essentially says that uh, salvation is just there and it's up to us to do something with it. So it's kind of a denial of the sovereignty of God in salvation in some ways. Now there's variations of Arminianism, but the belief is there. It's very popular. It's very prominent today. Now, the, the thing that's that's so concerning for me and why I would say this is one of the big issues the church is facing today is because Arminian soteriology leads to certain implications. Think about this. If, if salvation is not a, a particular work of Christ done for a particular people and it's just kind of unilateral and universal and it's there and, and, and it's up to us, it's up to men to embrace it. If, if 
That is the soteriology that I'm talking about. That's the prevailing soteriology in churches today. If that is the reality for a great many pastors in churches, then they are going to do anything and everything they can to get sinners into their churches to get them saved. Okay? It's really a no-holds-barred uh, barred sort of um, direction that they take in trying to get people into churches. And of course, some of the ways that they do that is they turn to, uh, let's say, uh, a kind of a, a consumeristic approach to trying to get people in. Uh, the music is structured in such a way to be appealing to the masses. Uh, the sermons are shortened. And uh, they're more like TED Talks. And they, rather than being rooted in sound doctrine, they tend to be uh, more helpful or geared toward helping the person that's there. Uh, basically, what happens is, if you have an Arminian soteriology, it leads to an Arminian polity. And what polity is, is that's the way that we do church. That's the way that we gather to worship. And so, um, if that's the way that you think, and it's up to us to get men in and to get them saved, then, of course we're going to do whatever we can to get them in. Uh, and, you know... Phil, but you would, you yeah. would say, and maybe not, I'm going to say, um, how would you encourage those people that are in your church sure. who are believers, they're sure. followers sure. of Jesus, right. and they, they, you know, they have friends, neighbors, sure, people sure. they work with who don't know Christ. Obviously, right. you want them to invite yeah. them to church. You want yeah. them to come to your church yes. and hear the gospel being preached Absolutely. or whatever. How do you encourage your people to do right. that? Well, that's a great question. And, and what I'm not, certainly what I'm not saying is that we need to, you know, we just need to abandon the idea of trying to bring people into church. I get that. We, we want to do that. Um, the, we do want people to attend the church, but I think we need to remember what the church is. It is believers. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it really can only be the church when they're gathered. That's the ecclesia, mm -hmm. the gathered ones. And so church, Sunday morning, Saturday nights, when you worship the Lord together, it, it's for believers, not for unbelievers. Right. It's for believers. Right. You know that. You yeah. and I have talked about right. this till the cows come mm -hmm. home. And so it, 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 since it's for believers, it is about helping believers worship the Lord in spirit right. and truth. It is about equipping them for the ministry of the gospel. So, so Arminian soteriology tends to lead to we, you know, everything we can to get people in, when in fact church is for believers and it's for the equipping yeah. of them for the gospel. So, so what, what I would encourage our people to do is just teach expositionally, present the gospel to them all the time. Of course, encourage them to invite mm -hmm. people to the church. But what I don't need to do is come up with gimmicks. Yeah. You, know, you understand I, what yeah. I'm saying. And I yeah. think that that is... That's the main thing. Yeah, and there's no doubt about it. At uh, your church, sure, uh, our church, we see that moment. And let's just use Sunday morning. Sure. It is a gathering of the believers. Absolutely, the, the believers have come together to fellowship together, right. to to worship together, to sing songs together, to hear the word preached, to bring their gifts. That's it's, right. It, it all it's It's all about all the, the, the Lord and. You 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 have to have that mindset right. yeah. now. Absolutely, we all know, and you would hope that when this gathering of believers come, mm -hmm. that you know what, the lost kind of get right. brought into it. Now, you don't yeah. want to tweak your gathering right. to appeal to the, the exactly. lost guy. Exactly, you, you want them to look around yeah. and yeah. see all these people worshiping yes. and. 
and and that is where things can get um, that's where things can get a little goofy. Right. Is all of a sudden right. you begin to craft your your gathering around the lost. That's right. Instead of yeah. the yeah. gathering is for that's right believers. That's right. And and I I I know that there are. There are tensions in that area yeah. in great churches. I know there's tensions in, in that in, in at Big Valley where I serve because it is a gathering of right. the, right. the of the believers, right. but we also know that there's lost people That's here. That's right. That's right. And you want you want them to have a you want to be nice and you want That's to be right. kind to them and all that. And at times sometimes that can get goofed up. That's right. And it's good that you recognize that. Yeah. Because I think what uh, Phil has brought up is really super interesting. And I know for some of you, look, look, for some of you, wow, you're going, man, these are terms I've never heard before. <laughs> and guess what? That's okay. This would be a great day for you to look up some of those terms. Sure. Because as a follower of Jesus, you ought to know what those terms mean. You ought to kind of wrestle around with them because they're 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 important. They, they, they really are. Well, so Phil, let me let me do this. I only got a few minutes left. Um, what do you think is um, what, what, what do you what do you what do you see in, in the future? If you could, as you kind of watch where the culture and the church are are now, and I'm talking about the church here in America, right? right. What is something that you see is is a good thing? You, you see, hey, this is, man, God's at work sure. in the midst of this. Where, where do you see that? Well, I think that there is a renewed interest in doctrine, which is good. Yeah. Uh, we, we, you know, we, we, we've kind of come out of the period of the strange thinking that, you know, doctrine divides and it's bad and it's evil and we need to stay away from mm-hmm. it. That was kind of part of the emergent movement. And uh, doctrine is meant to divide. Mm. It divides truth from error. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's a resurgence in interest toward doctrine. I totally agree with that. There is. And, I and, think it, and it's a good thing. It's an amazing yeah. thing. It's an amazing thing. In fact, at, at the church where I serve, yeah. we're going to go through a whole series at, at our church yeah. l- later on this, this right. year, Lord willing, right. where we're literally going through our statement of faith. Right. And we're going to go through all the things that we believe because we want our people That's to right. understand those things. That's right. Absolutely, I totally agree. I think it's good to do that, um, and, and not and it's not just a resurgence or new interest in doctrine, but it's also I, I, what I'm seeing is an interest in sound doctrine, mm-hmm. uh, and and that would be doctrine that that uh, would be concerning God's sovereignty mm-hmm. in all things, especially the salvation of men. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you take that position, then you can leave the results in God's hands. You don't have to modify your polity or anything. You mm-hmm. preach the gospel. You pray for people. Right? That's all you have to do. That's what we're called to do. But I see a resurgence in not just doctrine, which I think is good, but also in sound doctrine. I'm interacting with people all the time that are starting to read the old dead guys. Mm-hmm. Spurgeon and yeah. Calvin and these guys. Luther. and mm-hmm. it, It's very exciting. These guys were on to something yeah. during the Reformation. And by the way, the Reformation is still going. Semper reformand is the Latin term. It means always reforming. Mm-hmm. We're always reforming. Uh, but a, a renewed interest mm-hmm. in doctrine, and in particular in sound doctrine, I think is very exciting. Who's, um, who's somebody right now 
whether it's a dead guy, yeah, or an alive guy, <laughs> or an alive guy dead. Yeah, I'm getting closer to being one of those dead we guys, by the way. Too, but, but I know what you mean. There's a lot of one of my favorite guys to to read is R.C. Sproul. Oh, yeah. he's one of those dead guys. Yeah, uh, but who's somebody right now? If, if, if as we kind of wrap this up, yeah. somebody if you were to say, hey, those of you that are watching or listening, here was a great book that I think. Um, on doctrine, that's easy read. There's a lot of stuff out there we may read that would be wow, but something you would say, this would be a great, great book. Well, you know, it's very hard to narrow that down, uh, but I'd probably have to go back to uh, probably Institutes of the Christian Religion by John Calvin. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of the best doctrinal works out there. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a wonderful work. It's some of the reading and some of the writing is a bit complex, but that's because he was a brain. But he was a pastor and a good pastor, yeah. and so it's pastoral, so it's you can comprehend and grasp what he says. But it's extensive. It covers all sorts of issues. It deals with salvation. It deals with the gospel, and it's just good fundamental stuff, uh-huh. you know, good basic fundamental stuff. I'd say if you're going to read an old dead guy, go back to <laughs> Calvin and read Institutes. If you're going to read guys that are really old and still alive, you know, you can still... Uh, it, Sproul is mm-hmm. wonderful. I still like MacArthur's mm-hmm. stuff. Um, Steve Lawson's great. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got mm-hmm. good stuff. Uh, there's, there's still great stuff out there, but, man, I like the old dead guy stuff. I do. You know what? I think I need to do a whole thing. Yeah. On old dead guys. Hey, I, I, I think that would be a, a fun thing. Who's your yeah. favorite yeah. old dead guy? Well, we can like bring a read? casket and set <laughs> just, it up behind yeah. us. And with and books have it on open. It. And yeah. then with a yeah. book in it. And we right. say, hey, he's, he's, he's a dead guy. Book. Yeah. The book's not dead, but the guy is. Uh, you, you know, one of the great things about living in the culture we live in, okay, and there's a lot of crummy things, okay, but one of the good things is the access that we have to old dead guys uh, that we can read their books. We can see what God was doing in their lives. And one of the things about a lot of those old dead guys is they had nothing. All they had was the Bible and the Holy Spirit, man. They didn't have a lot of technology. And they came up with this. And and now you and I, I got 4,000 books that I could look anything up. And so, hey, listen, listen, what was it? Give the name again. Of the book. Uh, Institutes of the Christian Religion by John Calvin. Find yourself a uh, contemporary modern version of it, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So, I uh, had no idea where this was going to go, and I, I think to some degree it, it went with what Pastor Frost talked about last week, and that Probably. is having a high view of Scripture, yeah. because when you have a high view of Scripture, then you're, you're digging into Scripture, you're looking at Scripture, you're finding out what does God teach right. about all these right. different things all the so, so that there. you can go, okay, I want to make sure that that's the kind of church I go to. Right. It's the kind of church I take my family to because you want to make sure that you're at a place that has good, sound doctrine. Amen regardless of all the other stuff. I'm not saying the other stuff ain't important, okay? I'm not saying that. But it's so secondary to a church that preaches uh, sound doctrine. Hey, listen, thanks again for tuning in and listening. Remember, hit share. Um, Give this uh, podcast a five-star rating if you're listening to it on the podcast. And I'll see you all next week, okay? Blessings, everybody.